I've been getting tagged in posts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media heavy. What's up with your teams, Jov? The Giants did what? The Lakers hired who? You see my boy Chase Brook? You know, I try to take the gray area away from sports. And every time I try to, like, take myself out of that realm, y'all pull me right back in. Facts. I'm not even in the United States. I just so happen to stumble across ESPN as the Giants are making one of the most questionable picks in NFL history. Daniel Jones, some schmeg from Duke that nobody knew of up until a month out from the draft unless you were a hardcore college football fan. You trade Odell Beckham for a slice of pizza. Shout out to Super Engineer True. And you couldn't even get a Pepsi. You got a bottled water that came with the slice. Odell Beckham was traded essentially for a defensive tackle, and a possibly good safety. You had Dwayne Haskins, the best pure quarterback in the draft, a black guy. And you passed on him for an Eli Manning clone because he came from the same background with the quarterback coach. I'm not going to push the envelope and say that the Giants didn't want to draft Haskins because he was black, although I've intimated on the internet that there was a possibility that they might not take him because he was black. But I don't want to take it there tonight because it's been done to death. You heard it from the other talking heads around the world. I won't repeat it. I don't have any facts to support it. Just beyond the fact that when you look at the history, they've never had a black franchise quarterback. I'm starting to believe that the Giants and their ownership group and their old school mentality are, are hindering the Giants from going forward. Odell Beckham was always too loud for them. Always. It's no surprise that he would get traded. Everything about him said he would get traded. The blonde hair, the tattoos, the gyrations in the end zone, raising your leg and peeing in the end zone, or, or pantomiming peeing in the end zone, doing the fist. The quotes about Eli, although they are actually true. Facts. All of these things said, they screamed, I should say, trade me. But if you're going to trade a generational talent, you get, you, you go to the Benjamin Steakhouse and you spend $200 and you get yourself the best cut of ribeye you could get. And you eat good. Not a dollar slice. And then you draft this nobody quarterback just so you could buy Eli Manning two to three more years? Yo, I'm about to be 40 before the Giants are good again? Are you kidding me? I need y'all to stop tagging me in these posts. Stop asking me for my opinions. I chair for the Cleveland Browns now. I'm going to get the NFL package. And I'm going to watch all the Browns games with the quarterback. I told you Bozos was good, and you argued anyway. Oh, the Baker's too small. I told you, Clowns, he was good. 
The running back that we could have drafted in the second round after we drafted Baker in the first is also in Cleveland. Along with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and a pretty solid defense. Don't ask me about the Giants no more. And then the other team out west, the Los Angeles Lakers. A little under a year ago, in this very chair recording the gray area, I dropped a lot of bombs, and I, we, we talked about LeBron James becoming a Los Angeles Laker, and I spoke about the fact that, you know, I wasn't 100% comfortable with it, but he was a good player, and at the end of the day, you got to be, be stupid to think that LeBron wouldn't equate to success. Now, there's going to be a few other clowns who want to talk about injuries and this and that happening to the Lakers, and that affected the Lakers' season. I don't want to hear none of that. LeBron James is essentially an airborne virus to any team that he goes to at this stage of his career because he's no longer in his prime. Oh, we just look at the numbers. The numbers are still the same. You don't play basketball with a calculator. He's not willing to exert energy on defense and playing off the ball because he can't. He is saving all his energy for offense and offense alone, which means him dominating the ball and stifling the games of everyone around him. This is not Heat LeBron where D-Way can still cook and LeBron was active off the ball, cutting to the basket, flashing and doing things that made the offense work. Notice, you clowns, if you actually watch basketball, LeBron James, when he doesn't have the ball, just stands in one spot. He does not move. And now you telling me Magic is gone? Magic sneaks out the back door? He just quits? Huh? He just leaves? doesn't tell LeBron anything. LeBron goes on that bum-ass show, The Shop, and talk about how surprised he was. And then Rob Palenka is still in charge. Genie out here looking like Jim Buss by the second. And now you mean to tell me on top of all of this, all of these embarrassing losses, Tyron Lue is going to be the head coach. <laughs> First of all, First, 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 first of all. So you're signing up Laker Nation for more embarrassment, more negative publicity, more clown jokes from Bozo Nation in New York City. That's Nick fans if you're not familiar with who Bozo Nation is. Because we out here looking like the real Bozo Nation, giving LeBron the keys. We just got out of the Kobe era just to get back into the Kobe era with a less skilled player. Yes, LeBron is less skilled than Kobe with a coach who all of you people said that he wasn't much of a coach. LeBron was the coach and the GM. But to convince yourself that he's a good coach, you go and you look at some film and say, oh, well, he runs some sets and it looks good. Yeah. Every coach has good sets. <laughs> When you had Tyron in Cleveland, it was LeBron, Kyrie, and shooters. You look at that Laker roster, there's no shooting there, guys. There's, no, there's nothing that fits what Tyron actually did right, which was pass it to Will, a.k.a. LeBron James. Stop trying to convince yourself that the bullshit is actually good. It's not. It's bad. 
It's all bad. No amount of nice last names is going to make this right. Magic, you messed up signing LeBron. It was never a good idea. Genie, you're doubling down by bringing in Tyron Lue. Why are we signing up for failure? We are the Lakers. I don't understand. You know what? And then there's going to be a, a few of you same clowns who are going to try to snip this and say, oh, you said this, you said that. Listen, I want to be wrong. I want and need the Lakers to be good. But boy, every time I've had a bad feeling about a Laker decision, I've been 110% right. And y'all know I don't care about being right, but I don't want I want to be wrong about the Lakers. I want them to be good. I want Tyron to be good. I don't want LeBron in LA anymore. There's that. And finally, all of you staunch Russell Westbrook fans, huh? Triple double this, triple double that. You guys will sell out your own beliefs in basketball just to tell me how good this guy is and how much of a bitch KD is. While KD is successful without him, KD doesn't need Westbrook. While Westbrook has failed all three years with three different groups. First, he didn't have help, and now he's had help. He had an MVP candidate this year, and he still couldn't get out of the first round. Same people talking crazy about Steph Curry want to talk about Russell Westbrook? Get the hell out of here. Get a clue. Actually watch the game and understand basketball and figure out that everything Russell Westbrook does does not equate to championships. He's good for TV. You get your popcorn, you sit in front of the TV, and you get comfortable because that's all he is, a good show and a cool story. I don't want to hear anything else about Russell Westbrook from any one of y'all. He's a fraud. He's a stat-chasing, empty-calorie-having fraud. Debate your moms. Don't even don't even ask me to argue about Westbrook anymore. You will never have an argument where it involves Westbrook ever again from Jov because Jov has said everything he needs to say while Westbrook has proved him right year in and year out. I'm not going to vent anymore. Sucker free NBA talk is on deck. True runner intro. Yeah, uh, I tell them welcome to the gray area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips, get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about, cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check, just keep it real rapping, don't gossip with the facts, yeah. As you've heard from the opening rant, this is the gray area, and I am the people's champion, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! You know, we, we back fully locked in. Sports all the time. The road to episode 50, the road to the two-year anniversary of the gray areas in full swing. The playoffs are in the second round of the NBA. And I needed to talk ball with someone who understands the sport, someone who gets the game on a level beyond counting stats. And that person himself is the founder of the sports hit list, Carl Coulange. Welcome to the gray area. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, Ray. It's a, it's a pleasure, it's an honor, and it's a privilege to be on this show. Yes, uh, sir. The area. And I definitely appreciate the opportunity to come talk some sports, which is what I love. So, 100%. You and I are like-minded when it comes to the sports talk and, and throwing those opinions out there. I got to tell you, like, I'm, I admire what you do with the sports hit list, having multiple voices, giving them that platform to divulge their opinions, their takes. No matter how crazy, whether it's our homie Anthony's all over the place being the best hitter in the business, or yeah, I forget his name, but he had me locked in when he had John Cena in his top 10 pro wrestler but didn't have hbk and i'm like what oh yeah How? Uh, well, well well you know tom kenny shout out to my whole team shout out to the entire sports hitless family the whole brand by the fans for the fans i couldn't do the show without the guys and it's just again a platform to give Facts. fans a perspective to talk about sports um tom and i are going back and forth non-stop about hbk <laughs> and i um actually we're developing a segment coming soon that we're gonna actually debate it out because he has a whole bunch of points about you know triple h and right. this, but it's you know so it's, it's crazy but again i can't thank my team enough um anthony mike jamal kenny travis even greg <laughs> greg holy uh, is always ready Ziggy. to argue <laughs> yeah always ready to argue ziggy um mike everyone if i forgot someone charlie the whole sports hit list family mike phillips everyone thank you for that definitely shout out to my guys for always anytime i tell them something's going on they're always with it they're always willing to help out and just talk sports and that's, that's what we a do. fact applaud them yeah. um you know, just just to let you know, with no cap, like I'm always watching. Like I'm I'm independent, but I, I like people who know what they're talking about and they and they giving that sports talk that's uh, narrative free. Like I feel like I always say on this show and on other people's podcasts, like sports media has gotten so storyline driven that the facts are almost non-important, non-existent. They'll rather mm-hmm. just push you in a certain direction. So when I see what you guys are doing, it excites me. But to, to, to this whole HBK thing, I just got to throw it out there. The only thing that you can knock against Sean, forget the behind the scenes stuff, as a pro wrestler, is that he wasn't always the biggest draw. He didn't draw money like some of the greats, yeah. but damn it, the work, you, you can't argue it, you know? Yeah, you know, that's the thing that when, when, when I talked to Tom about, like, his point, it's true, because from the years, um, you know, when, like, from, I think, about 96 to before, like, the Attitude Era, when Sean was champion, the like the pay-per-view numbers and all the numbers were down mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it, it, it was that point in time where wcw was stealing everybody yeah. they took hogan they took macho man they took they took the uh, entire the golden Outsiders. era of the 80s yeah they, they yeah they, they they took scott hall they took kevin nash you know they took all the managers they took bobby heenan they took you know everybody so sean was supposed to be that guy to help them but he really didn't so that's the one point i will say but as far as everything else that Sean has accomplished, you know, and I get the backstage politics. He didn't put anybody yeah, over. Yeah, but, yeah. Sean, but, but Sean still, in ring, no one can touch Sean. You know what I'm saying? Sean made losing look good. And you could list. And, and where he beats Triple H, Sean has had more main events. Listen, we, we, I don't even, you know what? Because this is sucker-free NBA talk, I don't want to get too crazy. But if yeah. there's a person who shouldn't be on that list, it's Triple H. But I'm just going to be into it when you guys had that debate. And I'll be in the comments and I'll just throw all my takes yeah. in there. We have a kid uh, who's developing, and again, right now with the sports set list, I'm, I'm trying to give opportunities to up-and-coming students who want to do media. So, yes, so Tom is one of my students, and then Nick wants to produce that. I said, listen, we've been going back and forth, uh, produce the segment, let me know what you need, and let's get it together. So yes, list now is a growing brand for, you'll see up-and-coming faces and newer faces, but it's just giving people a platform and an opportunity to just talk sports. So. Absolutely. So my man Carl, you know, 
there's been a lot of chatter about who's not in the playoffs, a.k.a. LeBron James. You know, I'm a Laker mm-hmm. fan, well-documented. I'm not a fan of LeBron James. I never will be a fan of LeBron James. The idea that he's a Laker makes me sick on a day-to-day basis. But I digress. Um, there's a lot of talk about, like, ratings and, and, and who's not watching. I know the 3-6 Mafia isn't watching the playoffs, you know, <laughs> and that's affecting the numbers. But when I look across the board and I see all of these series 2-2 with the exception of one series that we'll get into in a second... The basketball is good. The theater is there. I can't. It, it, I blame the NBA media for making it so LeBron centric during a modern dynasty in Golden State that people have turned away because you you misinformed the people that it was about LeBron when there was so much better basketball being played all around the league. So I don't want this narrative that Le, LeBron's not in the playoffs, so the numbers are down and the basketball is bad to get out of control. How do you feel about that? Well, honestly, you know how I feel about LeBron. You can tell by my posts. And now I don't, I'm not really, I've never been a LeBron fan. And if, since I was, LeBron came to the league when I was in high school. Yeah. Right. We were in high school. So I remember writing an article questioning, is he the next phenom? And since then, I never really, this taste for him. And over the years, it grew and grew and grew from the time he used to beat my Celtic team. You know, I'm, I respect him. I can't sit here and, and, and deny his basketball talent because he's, for what he's done for the game as far as since the post Jordan era, He's been amazing, and I can't sit here and deny his talents of basketball. Right, Everything else right. about him bothers me. As far as the ratings, we know what it is, and just understanding how ratings work. The ratings work based upon the casual NBA fan. True. So the casual person who doesn't watch basketball, who who just knows the superstars, who knows the LeBron James, is like, oh, wow, LeBron's not in it? I'm not watching. So the NBA, yes, it appeals to its loyal fan base, but it also appeals to the common fan of the common folk who's sitting at the bar just watching the game. If they don't recognize the players, they're not going to watch it. So LeBron is that face of the NBA, and he's going to be that until he retires. Hands and down, hands fact, down. And, and, and the fact that he's not in it, I can see, I can see why the ratings are down. But the true NBA, the, the ratings are up for the true NBA fans. The true fans who love basketball and will watch, who regardless of who are the superstars, are going to watch. But the people who just watch because they like LeBron and they like seeing LBJ and they know who he is, right. they're not going to watch because he's not in. And, and it's, it's, it's laughable because it's like, to me, it was all good and well when you had the two powerhouses, the Golden State powerhouse versus LeBron James. Prior to it, it was LeBron and Kyrie Irving. Now now that you, you've lost LeBron going out west to the Lakers, what do you do? I felt as though they had, you know, we, could, we can go back to pro wrestling for a second. You, you had an entire Eastern Conference, and it seemed as though the media could not decide on who they wanted to truly push. One day it was Kyrie Irving, the next day it was Tatum, the next day it's Giannis, the next day it's Kawhi Leonard, the next day it's Embiid, Ben Simmons, so on and so forth. I believe that they failed at truly positioning the league in and of itself in a way to show that, you know what, there's plenty of options. It should, it should have been either you pick a guy, Giannis, and go crazy, or you continue to put these ad campaigns together to pump up the league. I looked around, I didn't see any of that this season. It's almost like they were so convinced that the Lakers would make it and they would have that brand and that fan base to keep things interested until LeBron and company lost, that they failed to prepare fans, the casuals especially, for this new era. To what we're looking at is really a new era. No LeBron and a lot of fresh faces outside of Golden State pushing the envelope. I'm disappointed in the league. I got I to be honest about it. Well, you know what? I think I think um, you, you said something key. I think they they are pushing the Giannis narrative, and the fact that the NBA and I think it's a good narrative, especially globally. Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching the game, like like I'm you know um you know the um, 
the Sixers and Raptors game is on. Right. And they and they just discussed how people in Cameroon, because of Embiid and Siakam, mm-hmm. are, are there watching it. So globally, I think the NBA is establishing themselves as, you know, a, a powerhouse in terms of sports globally. Okay. I think where they lose people and they're not going to get the NFL market. Like, it's very hard to get. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I don't even believe they're getting the NFL fans. You get what I'm saying? No, they're it, not. It's hard. Like, like, we talk to people in our group all the time who are like, NFL will always win out, which we know that. But are the NFL fans right now watching because there's no football? No. I doubt it. You know, they're not. So, I, and I, I think with LeBron going west, it, it's it's not the NBA's fault because who else who else would take that torch? You know, was it going to be Kawhi? Was it going to be Giannis? Was mm-hmm. it going to be Embiid? Was it going to be Kyrie? I think it was a, um, a an attempt to sell us everyone. But you know what's funny? From, from my vantage point, it looked like a person who either doesn't know how to swim or isn't comfortable in the water. And they kept trying to, like, put their toe in the water to say someone was better than LeBron James. They spent so long convincing us that LeBron James was the best thing since instant oatmeal that they weren't comfortable telling you that, hey, Giannis might be better. Kawhi might yeah, be better. Uh, Why don't they, you just lie? They lie about the everything yeah. else. But, but you know, but you know that the, the closest person that they would that the media argued is better than LeBron is is KD. Right. You know, and 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 that's the narrative being pushed now. Look at KD Carl, in the playoffs right now. They don't love KD. They, they being the media, they don't love him. No, they so they don't. They, they, they don't. say it. But you know what? They, they, I, I'm, I'm not mad at them for right? that, though. I, 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 I get the whole KD. Say KD, KD is, is the best drama. is the same way they used to say Kobe was the best. They did it with a, with a bitter taste in their mouth. It was a lot of sodium on their tongue when they said that KD or Kobe was the best. Yeah, because they didn't want why, it. Yeah, because you know why? It, it's a matter of. The love-hate relationship, it's, it all starts with what KD did, right. which is like the worst thing he could have ever did was go join up a 3-1 team that just beat you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the other thing is his back and forth with the media has been, you know, it's been drama for us as fans, but it's also like, I like I understand it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, at times, the media, they ask stupid questions. And I'm sure you've seen the videos where they go back and forth to ask stupid questions. Right. Kevin Durant has every right to feel the way he feels. If you're And, and as media personalities, I always teach this to, to students too. Ask right questions. Yeah. Don't ask dumb questions. Don't publish fake news. You get what I'm saying? So these guys, they read the stuff. If you believe that they don't watch ESPN, they don't read the articles, they read everything. Burner so account. The fact that, so, so the fact that people are going to write false articles and say false statements what do you think he's going to do when it comes to the price he's not going to talk to you so right. if you want the smoke you have to be able to handle it um i think the whole narrative of is kd better than lebron as an all better around player i don't believe so because okay. again i i haven't seen anyone as good as lebron in terms of coming to the league and yes i joke around with with fans and i i troll everyone mm-hmm. trolls but at the end of the day i don't think he's better than lebron we've seen lebron do astronomical things and I've known firsthand from what he did to my team yeah. all the time you know so um, I think the media trying to push that narrative is he better I, I don't think any they, they're trying to push it but people are not true LeBron James fans and again the well, casual fans they're right. not going to believe that it's, it's, it's going to take a process it, you, can't, you can't keep serving the fans one thing for over a decade and then thinking like one you're not saying you but like the mass as whole would just buy in the KD. Where I felt like the media fell short with KD was like, they played the angle of KD the villain wrong. Like, I think there was always a satirical nature to what KD was doing when it came to the media that they could have spun in a different type of way. Again, 
you know, we, the theme of this somehow becoming pro wrestling, they they should have made right. they should have made KD more of a tweener to the fans yeah, as opposed well, to forcing though, the heel you, turn. You you know what it is? It's tough though because LeBron was the was the heel in 2010 for mm-hmm. what he did, right? But then he became the face again when he went back to Cleveland and helped him win the championship. Right. So that was already tossed out the window. And and and, and the other thing too is sometimes. To me, it doesn't really matter as much, but to the mainstream, again, to the casual fan, it does. Is what you do outside of basketball. True. LeBron building that how um, the school in Ohio put him well, way above and beyond. You like I always saying? say, LeBron James is a master politician. I call yeah, him. Absolutely. I call him Teflon Braun. He's untouchable. Absolutely. Um, the other thing too, like he did the whole car ride with KD. Now he has his show, um, the Barbershop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like where he's creating platform for people oh, to talk show. about. Um, you know, opinions, all those things play into that. Right. People liking LeBron and making him like, oh wow, like him becoming a spokesperson in politics, mm-hmm. all these other different things. I don't think KD does those things. You get what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's also transcending yourself outside of basketball. You know, um, does, does, who, who has more commercials, LeBron or KD? Well, LeBron, we already know what it is. As yeah, far as exactly. mark, marketability and, and that yeah, persona. Exactly. That's that's where KD falls short, you know. Right. And yeah. he and he doesn't. The problem is, whereas I go to my guy Kobe, Kobe wanted to be the bad guy. He wanted to come to the arena and get booed out of the building. KD wants to be loved. He, right. And, but but you know, but you know, it's not even that. But you know what? Even Kobe had his sense of before his. No, um, no, no. Kobe politi- He he was a politician on the way out. He you know he could not leave the way he had his his entire prime. He he wanted yeah. that love and adulation. On the way out There's no way Because yeah. he wasn't good enough If Kobe hadn't popped his Achilles the, the retirement tour Would have been a little bit different I'm willing to bet anything Oh yeah absolutely And you know what Even going Getting back to what Anthony preaches all the time you know, <laughs> The veto You know what I'm saying As much as I hate bringing it up mm-hmm. and He's right The veto changed the changed landscape. everything it changed everything for the Lakers. Well, Flakers were like to call you. It changed everything for the Flakers. I got to keep it real. It, it changed the dynamic of even the entire league. Look, look, that David Stern did that. The you karma so, of that trade resonated more than the veto itself because you move Lamar Odom, and we saw what happened with Lo, and people yeah. undersold Lamar's effect on the locker room. Not everybody was willing to be a subordinate under Kobe because a lot of times that yeah. was the relationship in that locker room Powell knew his yeah. role LO knew his role Bynum not so much people kind of overstay Bynum's role on them championships too but that's neither here nor there but to have that chemistry and that understanding of everyone's role the locker room changed instantly D Fish was already declining we ended up trading for Ramon Sessions that year because we couldn't get Chris Paul that trade seismic shift to, to Laker lore until yeah. this very day this very moment Absolutely. And you know what? I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I, I just think in terms of trying, like, back to your original question about, like, what can the NBA do to get that next face of the league? Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the East, it's it's tough because, again, and, and the other part of it is it's a matter of where the guy's going to stay. The right. guy's moved so quickly now. It's like a matter of, all right, where are they going next? Like, Kawhi could easily be it, but then Kawhi could go to the Clippers and then he's still the face of the league. You get what I'm saying? True, like, true, true. They knew, they knew LeBron was Cleveland up until he left to go to Miami and then he went back to Cleveland. You get what I'm saying? So I think becoming the face of the league, even though it, it, it's tougher nowadays because guys are moving all over the place it's hard for them to market them in one specific location as opposed to when they when they could do it like jordan was marketed in chicago it's mm-hmm. basically lebron was more marketed in miami i mean in cleveland, in cleveland. and miami you know yeah um back in the 80s um bird and magic was la and boston you know what i'm saying yeah. um so nowadays it's like all right where, where, where are you going to market? i think 
if I had to pick one person right now, it does look like Giannis. Yeah, Milwaukee, Midwest, close to Chicago, yeah. and, smaller and it, market, smaller yeah. market, and it helps. You know, as much as much as people don't think about it in the big picture, it helps to be in a time zone where your games can be televised more often than not. Those ten thirty games hurt Golden State, hurts the Lakers. Well, not even the Lakers so much because the Lakers brand name travels more, but like a Golden State, it, it's difficult. A lot, I, I hear a lot of times people say, "I don't want to stay up until ten thirty to watch that game because no, that means I'm going to bed hard. at one o'clock." You know, then so, I gotta you know, go to crazy. work. Like it's hard. like honestly during the season it was tough for me to stay up. Like I'm waking yeah. up early five, four, five o'clock in the morning. But for the even now for the playoffs, I'm I'm basically fighting myself to stay up so I can right. watch the games. You know what I'm saying? It's it's harder. But I think though with the Lakers with. The Lakers always get national TV games. Right. They get like 34, 35. They get the most in the league for some reason. And even after Kobe retired, they still got the games. Fan base. You know so the, the, the fan base is big. And I think up until LeBron retires, he's still going to have that 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 fan base, especially that casual fan True base. True indeed. LeBron is the biggest draw. But to, to yeah. the court, 2-2, um, two, two, let's, let's talk about it. The main event series in the second round, Golden State, Houston Rockets. Uh, yes. I, I'm going to go on wax right now, and I'll tell everyone I believe the series is done. I know some, some people are going to scoff at it, but I believe at 2-2, I don't expect Houston to win another game. I, I'm, I'm, wow, really? I'm, I'm on wax with that. You know, really, really, I look really. at this series, there's been a lot of ebbs and flows, but I truly believe that by the grace of God, Houston got out of Houston with a tie <laughs> in the series. Uh, you know you know what? Honestly, I, I was having this discussion with, with the fellas, you know, mm-hmm. um, good. Golden State is um, more talented. It's not that yeah, they yeah, can't yeah. beat them; they just have more talent. And for every one, for every one three pointer that Houston hits, mm-hmm. Golden State could hit two to three. Right. So it's like, okay, so you're basically gonna hit one three. Like Harden could hit a three, and then Clay comes back and hits a one three, and then next thing you know, Houston misses, mm-hmm. and then they come back down and Steph hits another. The best what thing that happened gonna... to Houston, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, is, is Clay Thompson mm-hmm. not being Clay Thompson yet. Yeah, right, exactly. And the other thing, too, is Steph really just showed up. He had 30, but right. I believe Steph needs to have a, a breakout 40, 45 yeah. point game yeah. for, to, to, to get them over. You get what I'm saying? Like, 30 is cute, but for Steph, he needs to have, like, like what Kevin Durant's been doing, like a like a 45, 50 point game. I think that game is coming. That, that thirty, I yeah. think that 30 piece yeah. is the precursor to that a third quarter explosion come game five. But, you yeah. know, I just look at the matchup to, to everything that you said as far as, like, the talent disparity. I think what we're going to see now is, like I said to my homeboy Justice, who's the host of Above the Rim, another great basketball podcast, the difference between Golden State and the Rockets also is that the Rockets have a lot more grown men on the team. And we see in the paint, they're winning the rebounding battle. Part of that, too, is because I think Kevon Looney is soft. Andre Iguodala (laughs) is getting a little bit old. Some people on Twitter was telling me, was saying that... uh, Looney's tired because he's getting out there on those switches on harder, which is true. But to me, you're still damn near seven feet, and you don't even try. When you, I know we all watching these games, the, his effort when he's by the basket to get a rebound is borderline embarrassing at times. I'm fully yeah. expecting at this point in the series because people like to front on Steve Kerr, but Steve Kerr is a poker player, you know, and he is always that sleight of hand that you don't see coming late in the series. I think. Starting with Game Five and throughout the rest of the series, you're gonna start seeing more Quinn Cook. Well, 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 well. The other thing too is with Houston, they shoot a lot more. Mm-hmm. They shoot way, way more, way more than they sh- like. I mean, yeah. like, again, you live by the three, you die by the. They three. They waste so a lot of possessions. It's a matter of their guys are, are, are hitting shots. It's also how deep is D'Antoni gonna go with his bench? You well, know, we know he's not. D'Antoni is stubborn. He's not no. gonna do that. 
No, right. I mean, I think that was, I forget which game it was. We saw Kenneth Fareed. I, I don't know if it was game two or three. Mm-hmm. We saw Fareed, but I don't believe we saw him much in last night's game. You know what I'm saying? And so he, it's a matter of. And he jeopardizes his team because I think back to a couple of years ago when Harden was running out of gas and I think Nene got hurt and he left Montrez Harrell on the bench. And I'm like, just put him in the game. No, <laughs> he's not because you know, he's very stubborn. And you mm-hmm. know what? You could date that back to when he was coaching in New York and he was benching stuff on Phoenix Marbury. even. And, and in Phoenix even and then you get to um, what he did to Pau Gasol and benched him mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like if he, if, if he doesn't fit his system Mike's not going to play you we right. know that absolutely you know so it's a matter of can Houston keep up with the threes can but they the- keep up their defense and can they keep up with the threes and everyone's still crossing fingers that Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in the next three games <laughs> if, they, if he does go three games you know I'm with, that hamstring is on a thread everyone's been hanging on it because that whole narrative still exists yes well and, and, you, and you know me I hate ifs Everyone hangs on that word ifs as well. If Ain't Chris no ifs. Paul didn't get hurt. There's no ifs. We deal with facts. Exactly. You know, if Chris Paul <laughs> didn't get hurt, um, they would have beat Golden State last year. They were up three two. But again, we don't know but that. So the Trump that's card why I'm praying that he stays he stays healthy. The Trump card that I was leaning with is that I believe now, now that we've exhausted our starters on both sides, I think now you're gonna see Quinn Cook get deployed, fresh legs. Jordan Bell yeah. get deployed, fresh legs. But they and have now, to show up and play. You yeah, know what I'm saying? They I, have, to, they I have, have a lot of confidence in them. I, 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 I know there's a lot of off-the-court issues with Jordan Bell. Quinn Cook already showed us last year that he's ready to play. And I think yeah. now, as they're going to get home, so somebody, Iguodala tweaked his knee, you're going to see these guys coming. They're going to run them. I'm telling you, like, game five. But the one thing, too, but, but here's the thing you have to understand. These guys, teams are not afraid to beat Golden State and Oracle. That, you know, that used to I, be a narrative, too. You oh, hands down. But what, we, we pass all anymore. of that. I expect yeah. the Warriors to bring their A game. This is what I'm saying. I'm projecting. Okay. I'm projecting that A game. I don't know, game. like... Like my man Mike Miller says, they've been shaky, baby. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> now, I, I wouldn't call them shaky. Like I said last postseason, I, Golden State's biggest issue during the KD era has been that they like to play with their food. You know, and, yeah, and I'm yeah. looking at this series and they look like a cat with the dead mouse and they just playing with it. You know what you can do. They were down 17 in the, in the middle of the third quarter last night and they still had a chance to pull it out. You know what I mean? They did. So they did. They did. Fair point. Golden State, to me, they're gonna they're gonna cook. Like I'm willing to be wrong because I'm not one of these people who like who lives and dies by their takes. Like I just <laughs> from what I'm looking at, this series is done in six games. I uh, will say this: I've been pretty harsh on Harden. Mm-hmm. I've been call, I called him, put him in my bum category, and people <laughs> get mad at me for that. But I will say this series: he is playing his heart out. He he is trying, and you can tell they really want to win. And mm-hmm. you know he, he's doing everything he can for them to win. But again, it's a matter of can they out talent? Like they don't have the talent and the resources, but. They just have to play better. Absolutely. You know, I I look at that and and I agree 100 percent. And, you know, any event that they do get packed up, which I expect, I think it's time once again to maybe reassess the situation, tweak the roster, tweak the approach, tweak the coach, because I don't think you can keep rolling this group out and thinking you're going to get it done because there's going to be other teams in the West who have gotten better already. Denver's already kind of. But then it raises the question, how do you tweak the roster? Like, who are you going to bring in? Listen, I do a continuous podcast. Podcast, we could talk about it in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem, but it's like, I mean, trying to tweak a, tweak a team, what else can you do? Mike D'Antoni's not going to change the system. You're well, going to fire well, him and bring yeah, it home. You get what I'm saying? You already had Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale was already there. I, Kevin McHale is I a, just is a don't think that so. this, this approach, you can win. You know? Like, I'm sorry. I don't oh, well, think you can you win a championship doing this. We have three this. games to find out. I, I, I hey, hope you're proving wrong hey, because next hey, week you'll be your words on your show, man. You hey, I'm, I've, I've done it before. I'm not above <laughs> it. <laughs> I hear hey, that. I hear that. Staying in the Western Conference, um, we have the Nuggets 
Portland Trail Blazers. I had the Nuggets winning this series in seven. Everyone was high off of, you know, the shot. You know, I was a little high. That's one of the best. That's one of the meanest game winners I've ever seen in the postseason. But when mm-hmm. I when I looked at this matchup, I just felt like, you know, the Nuggets home court, two evenly matched teams. I felt like the Nuggets in a, in a, in a war of attrition takes it in seven with 2-2. Home court has switched back and forth. What, what, what's your outlook on this series with the next three? Because it's going to be three games I mean, in. I, I, I have Portland. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I mean, I wasn't too sold on them. I actually had Denver going out in the first round for Spurs. Okay. Because I thought they were a young and experienced team, and experience always prevails in the playoffs. True. And I was clearly proven wrong on that one. Um, and just the fact that the, um, the Nuggets remind me of the old school Spurs, you know, boring team to get the job done. Not very star studded, but right. still workhorses. So I, I still could see. Um, it's tough to call because again um, Portland has a superstar you know CJ and Dame you know and they're still doing the best they can without Nurkic and that's been great for them but then again you have Denver on the other side who plays fundamental basketball fundamental basketball wins so um, you know and you we can't snooze that Jokic bro he's out here cooking yeah, he is, but he's not getting the recognition that he should be because people don't care about Denver. You know, like, <laughs> oh, like our people are stuff in Denver. He doesn't have that stardom. People are not talking about, like, the guys that have, he had a triple-double in one of the games, and they're not talking about it. You get what I'm saying? So, um, if I had to honestly choose, it's hard to play against Dame Dallas. Dame, Dame has something to prove. You know, even after getting eliminated last year, um, get, they got swept last year by the right. Pelicans. Pelicans, so I yeah. Think Dame, Dame has something to prove in this league. I could see Portland winning. Well, you know, speaking as a fan for a second, I think there's more theater and more of a dynamic matchup if you were to get Portland because they've had a couple of decent playoff matchups in the past with Portland and Golden State. It'll be be better TV if you get Damon McCollum versus the the Golden State Warriors. Um, But, you know, I, I just see it the other way. I just think that... Denver has everything you need for this matchup. They have the talent. They have the size. They have the guard play. You know, and even, even I've had to come around on Jokic because I've said in the past that I thought it would be on Gary Harris and, and Murray in the postseason to get them far. But Jokic just showed me that I need to put some respect on his name, and I'm doing yeah. so right now. Um, right. I, I think Game Five is pivotal. I mean, that's a cliche in and of itself, but they, I don't, I don't, I don't think that De- Denver is good enough to get two games with Portland. So they, at this point, they need to just secure the bag at home. And get to the conference finals. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going Portland here because okay. again, like, like, like I just said, I, I just feel again, Dame has a lot to prove in this league. Mm-hmm. Dame is not regarded as one of the like, again, true basketball heads will know like, oh, Dame is serious. You get what I'm saying? And especially he had something to prove against Russ. Yeah, he proved it. And now here in this series, he, if, if if he wants to be considered one of the best in the elite, his, here, here's his opportunity in the semis to advance to the conference championship. That's a fact. I mean, I look, I, 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 you've seen my comments. I am not a Westbrook guy. To me, Westbrook is the living embodiment of empty calories. So uh, when, when I when I look at like start that debate, yeah, I don't care. I don't. They, 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 they everybody in that group knows I don't care about their opinions about Westbrook. I've made that clear. I know what I yeah. look at. Westbrook is yeah. empty calories, and Dame Dollar showed you how to get it done. I love Dame. Lillard. You know, don't get me wrong. This has nothing to do with Dame. Listeners, listen, I love Dame Lillard, but I just think that, because you have to spell it out sometimes, but I just think that the, the Denver Nuggets are the better team in the better situation by a smidgen. That home court, if the home court was the other way, I would have took Portland in seven. I just believe a game seven at the crib, I'm going with the Nuggets to pull it off late in, in, in a very tightly contested. I'm going Portland. You know what's crazy? Does it get to seven, though? Does it get? It does get to seven. Okay. It does. The way the, the, the way it's going now, I believe it can seven. It's crazy. Shout out to Marcus Lamar. I was talking to him about it. He was like, he'd rather see 
Portland because of the star studded and I was yeah. defending Denver. I'm like, you know, true basketball heads care for good basketball. But at the end of the day, I still, I, I believe Portland will come out with the win. Well, Portland. you know, Mar- Marcus is sometimes he sometimes I, I agree with him, and sometimes he he ends up being part of that vague category that I always talk about. Like he 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 he's, he's like he's between the light and the dark side of the force. So I don't know. I can't tell if he's coming or going sometimes. But uh, um, he's annoying. I'll, I'll tell him what it is. He already knows that. He, he knows I'll be the first to tell him. That he, wait, he gets it. He, get, he gets he gets heat. That's what you're saying. No, he he gets he he, gets, he he definitely does it. He definitely gets under your skin, so he knows what he's doing. Though, definitely, Smart guy. I give him that. Definitely, him that. He, he plays the game well. I, you know, I told him, I told him the other day, just embrace the heel turn. Don't want, don't be a baby in, in a heel. Just be a heel, bro. <laughs> just do it. Most most great baby faces have a great heel run first. Anyway, it's tried and proven. True, 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 um, true. Eastern Fair Conference. Uh, uh, we we, we, we get in there. We get in there, right? Uh, here we go. Here I, we go. I picked Toronto to take care of business. I can't remember who. I feel like I picked them in six. Um, to me, the momentum kind of swung. I just feel as though, like, when I look at the, Paul, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, excuse me, they're the all-last-name team. They have a lot of brand names. They like the person with the brand name, brand name, brand name, brand name. Gucci this, Fendi that, and live with their mom's crib. That's, that's, that's what I look at when I see the Philadelphia 76ers. A okay. lot of brand names, but they're, they're, they're not championship good. I'm sorry. Okay, so here's where I disagree with you. I think they have it, but it's a matter of, you know, do they have the right coach? Brett, Brett Brown is on the hot seat. I okay. Believe. You know what I'm saying? He has to get out of this round or he's getting fired. Uh-huh. I, 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 I think Ellen Brand will make that coaching change because last year they got embarrassed by the Celtics. Shout out to my team, right? They got embarrassed by them. This year, you bring in Jimmy Butler, you bring in Tobias Harris, and Ellen Brand is giving you pieces. Mm. Um, you know, um, and I love using quotes from my sports list members. Mike, Mike, Mike Miller says it best. You know, the GM gets you all the ingredients in the kitchen. Right. Your job as the coach is to cook. So he gives you the ingredients. You have the, arguably the best starting five in the Eastern Conference. There's no reason why you can't make it so to Carl, the conference championship. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Sure, absolutely. But, my question to you would be, what is Brett Brown not doing with said ingredients that he's falling short? Maybe. Like, what are you, what are you seeing out there? Just, I, I, I think... Um, first, first things first in terms of Ben Simmons' role. Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying? If if he, as a point guard, he's supposed to shoot. He's playing that that role of a point guard. He maybe he shouldn't be playing that role of a point guard. You hear what I'm saying? Because he can't he can't be controlling the ball and he can't shoot. Like he can't pull up a spot up jump shot. Right. He can't hit free throws. So your point guard should be able to do that. I think I think Ben Simmons is misplaced in terms of where he needs to learn how to shoot. That's oh. something that Brett Brown um his basically um you know plays going into timeouts and you know who's getting the ball at what given point is a is is it's been an issue with Philly. Like they're losing now game 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 five. You know if you look at the score. You know so I think that rotation. The other thing too is. The other day, and B called him and told him he wasn't feeling well. Mm. And what did he do? He still tried to play him. If your if your star player is telling you he's not feeling well, I get it. It's the playoffs. You're not feeling well. Don't play him. You know what I'm saying? And he proven he showed you he wasn't feeling well. He didn't play that well compared to his game three performance. I so mean, those are the same. If, if, if your star player calls you and tells you, Coach, I don't think I can go, or I'm not playing well, why is he playing? Look, this, this I gotta. I... How how hurt are you? You know, you, 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 you're a little you under the weather. Hurt. You, you, you clearly must be that hurt if you're calling the coach and telling them that you don't think you're going to be able to go. So I should. So let. So you can walk. You can breathe. But you got a little respiratory infection, and now you don't want to play. That, you see what I'm saying? You see, devil's advocate. It's a mindset of. It's, it's, it's a mindset of. 
you know, we can't tell a player how to feel. Right. We can't tell. I'm not in your body. I can't tell you if if you call me today and say, you know what, Carl, I'm not feeling well. I can't do the mm. show. I can't say, so why can't you do the show? You Soft. know what I'm saying? Like, like, like but that's that's your mentality. Everyone has a different intake <laughs> of how their bodies are. So Joel Embiid's not feeling well. If your star player is telling you he's not going to play, and then you go out and you play him, look at the results. Hmm, why didn't you play? You get what I'm saying? So, and that also goes into the factor of knowing Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has never played 82 games in the season. You right. know that. True. You know True. What I'm saying? He's 100%. always been injury prone. So the fact that you know Joel Embiid's injury prone, you know he has, God knows what injury he has, whether it's his knee, whether it's his you know, stomach, whatever it is, you already hmm. know Joel Embiid is not going to play because he has injury problems. Someone else has to step up. It's it's inevitable. It's 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 the card that you're given. So, you know, and I love that you said that right there. The cause that you were given. Thank you, Carl. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. You know, there's a lot of times, and, and, and on social media, sometimes there's a quote that I always say. Shout out to my homie Mark because we always argue about this in another group. I always say people love blaming coaches. You know what I mean? But it's like mm-hmm. some, sometimes you you got to point the finger at the player. You The problem is the person that you listed initially. It's Ben Simmons. You know, I look mm. at this league and I say to myself, there's players that you can, you know, have good TV with. There are players that I file under cool story. There's players who can win championships. There's players who are at whatever they do is their best. You still can't win with them. Russell Westbrook is in that list of players that at his best, you cannot win with him. Ben Simmons is another player like that. Because the reason that he's placed the ball in his hands is because he has no other skill set. There's nothing else he can do on the floor besides use his ability to probe, use his ability to be a point guard, and, and, and dominate the flow that way. I use dominate loosely because we know that he doesn't dominate very often. But he can't post. He has no mid-range. He really doesn't have a, a great dribble breakdown game. Like, what is his package? When you really think about Ben Simmons, besides being able to, to have that high IQ, there's nothing he really does on the court offensively that you can do to really unleash him. That's not Brett Brown. Any, any coach, hold on, let me finish. Any coach that, that comes and inherits this Philly team is going to have to figure out what the hell they can do with Ben Simmons when you factor in the fact that he's not really good at anything offensively. Where are you going to place him on the floor? Okay, so two things to counter your point, though. And the fact that, simple fact that I live by a rule, I always give players three years to prove themselves. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Ben Simmons is in his second active, he's in his second or third active year right mm-hmm. now right? so this is second year in the playoffs so he has up until this year and then next year if it's not you haven't shown anything then i start putting them in my bum category Ooh. not literally a bum but is it the fact that in terms of playoff wise right 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 you know what i'm saying so that's a that's an issue ben simmons needs to figure it out he did to to his credit he did try to reach out to magic mm-hmm. it got shut down because magic was the executive president of the he is the president of the lakers mm-hmm. he didn't talk to him so but now magic probably can talk to him because El- elton brand wasn't having a laker whisper in his player's ear Fair <laughs> enough. but now but now he can reach out because he kind of is the same size as magic right. playing similar roles to magic so maybe he can reach out to magic and magic can help him develop the shot or something he needs to magic couldn't shoot his damn self you you, you know and it was the, he still was effective though the, the, he still was effective but the game is not the same bro you got you true, need you true. need space Fair point at the end of the day, though, shouldn't it fall on the coach's responsibility to know what your players' weaknesses are and put them in the right positions to succeed? No, you're 100% right. Like, you, you, honestly, you're preaching to the choir with that. But what I'm saying is sometimes you are dealt a card that you really cannot play. To me, uh, until 
This guy, Ben Simmons, fully commits to expanding his game and not getting offended or bristle when people say he can't shoot. There's not much you can't do with him. Like, like I always argue with people and I say, you know, you know, if I really want to get under their skin, if, if, you, if you closed your eyes, right, and you really thought about it, what is the difference between Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons besides maybe five inches? They are the same guy. They're the same person. That's a fair point. I mean, like, like I said, I, I I think Brett Brown, knowing the fact that he can, his player can't do certain things, he can put mm-hmm. him in different other places to succeed and not expose his flaws. Okay. If that makes sense. That makes so, sense. Um, um, but it is also on the responsibility of Ben Simmons to improve his game. And he yeah. can go to any, he, he, he can work out with a, a ton of players. He can work out with, um, you know, Tracy McGrady. He can work out with Allen Iverson. He can work out with a bunch of players that can help him in terms of forming his shot. You know what I'm saying? Touche. So, yeah, so it definitely falls on that. And I also think um, Jimmy Butler, again, with Embiid not being healthy, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler should step up. As far as Toronto is concerned, Kyle Lowry, we gotta get rid of him. I'm sorry, man. No oh yeah, but he's, yeah. Got, he's got to go. And I think that's the problem with with Toronto is that Kawhi is doing what Kawhi has to do for them to succeed. Kawhi is not the problem. The, but the problem are, are can the others help Kawhi? Yeah. Can the others come into the clutch? Can Can Kyle Lowry show up when he's supposed to show up and not just put all the when you when you pay a point guard what is what is a, a per annual average of thirty million a year? You need more than these pedestrian performances from Kyle Lowry. But it's something about yeah. the playoffs that just, they, he's not built for it. But I remember growing up, him being a, a Big East guard, he was never soft. He played well in tournaments. I don't, I don't know, know what, what happened. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think I lost my respect for him a little bit the day he had to decompress. Oh, and yeah. I, I get it. Oh, I, yeah. I get it. Everyone's, and everyone has a mental way they, way, way they felt that they can't play. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, during the game, that's I'm like, wow, bro. That's, that's, that's hard. But again, proven time and proven time again. If they don't get past the series, you have to look at your team and say, okay, do I have to trade this guy? Do I mm-hmm. get rid of him? What, what, what do I do to bring in someone? And it's also a matter of does Kawhi Leonard stay? So, well, um, for all intents and purposes, it seems like he's yeah. gone, and there's no Westbrook in Toronto to to keep him around. So, <laughs> I think Kawhi is gone. You know what I yeah. mean? But you said you had Toronto winning. Yeah, I had Toronto coming out the series. I did. Okay. I had Toronto winning the series. Yeah. Likewise. So we we on the same page. We we on two di- two different sides of the page, but we on the same page. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We still get there. <laughs> now, now 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 we we gotta talk about it, Carl. I'm not I'm uh, not gonna do it to man. you. I, I know you're gonna get it all for on your show, but we're here. This is the gray area where we tell the truth. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. I'll, I'll bat lead off. I'll give you a second. I, I, I got to wear it. I, I had, you know, the Celtics coming out of this series decisively. That's not to say that the series is over, but it damn sure doesn't look good right now. You know, I, I, I'm going to come. I'm going to put two segments together in one here because we're here. I, everyone is looking at Kyrie Irving because, you know, the drones and the fanboys, they love to blame the superstar for everything. I've, yeah. been, I've been saying for maybe six months now. You could ask Mike. The first time he came on the show, I told him the problem isn't Kyrie or who wasn't here last year, whatever the case may be. The, the issue is Gordon Hayward. And that's not to say that Gordon Hayward is sorry, but I just believe that if you have a Tatum and you have a Kyrie, you have a Rozier, you have all of these pieces, you have too many cooks in the kitchen. Justin and I from the, above the rim talked about it in the past as well. Sometimes Golden State is an anomaly because they have three players who doesn't need to dribble in order to score. 
Golden State, I mean, Boston is the exact opposite. Most of their top players needs to pound the ball a little bit to get into their rhythm. And Gordon Hayward, who's still not fully, I wouldn't say he's fully back from that angle. He's kind of in the way, Carl. I, I, it is what it is. Here's my take on Gordon Hayward. It's a matter of it's tough because, again, the guy had a pretty horrific injury. Right. And not everyone's, it goes back to my point about everyone's body. Everyone expected, well, Paul George came back from it. John Livingston had a gruesome injury. He's right. still playing. He's fine. Everybody's making, everybody's psyche is totally different. And that's exactly. what I'm trying to be telling people in the group is that everybody's diff- body's different. Did they put him in the starting lineup too early? Yeah. Yes. Did he did did, did he mess up the chemistry of the team had? Yes. Yes, they did. Did they try to bring him back off the bench and that worked for a few games? Sure. Yeah. Then the team was inconsistent. The team was consistently inconsistent all year. Shout out to my guy Pierre Hines for saying that. That's what the Celtics have been all year. So can we put the full blame on Brad Stevens and 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 and, um, and Gordon Hayward? I don't say they get the full blame because there were games where he looked great. He had two 30-point games against the uh, Timberwolves. Right. There were times where if, if he shoots 60% from the field, the Celtics are like 8-2 and two during the season. I think mm-hmm. the season has just been a big roller coaster. I blame everyone. I don't just blame one specific yeah. person. You know, everyone gets the blame with the Celtics and what happens to them. Um, you know, and you can't undo. Could, could he potentially bench Gordon Hayward moving forward now with one game potentially left in the season yes but then then that means you're down a man you get what I'm saying so but are they really you know what you keep forcing me to be the bad guy so I'm gonna do it you know whereas you you know you pointed the finger at Brett Brown I'm pointing the finger at Brad Stevens I like Brad Stevens but I'm gonna point point the the finger finger at him because because they've been consistently inconsistent you Mm -hmm. you as the coach and I said this at the all-star break he, as the coach, at some point has to commit to making the difficult decision to put certain people on the bench and leave them there. It is what it is. If, if it's about winning a championship, at some point, that decision needs to be made. You cannot you cannot placate all of these players. To me, if you have Tatum, you don't need Gordon Hayward. I'm sorry, especially if Gordon Hayward is compromised. At some point, you got to make that difficult decision. But, but, but you see, my thing is this, though. What is he compromising? If everyone's getting their minutes. The rhythm, bro. Rhythm is key. The, what, what is he compromising in terms rhythm, of the rhythm? The, the, the way they play basketball, the fact that the engine keeps stalling is the fact that they cannot find that groove. Everyone is still trying to figure things out. It's almost like you got a room full of people who don't want to step on each other's toes. Like you walk, right. they, but they, you, see, they, you said they a key thing, though. You, you said the rhythm, though, is that Kyrie is part of that rhythm too though Kyrie should be part It should be everybody Be held accountable It shouldn't just be Gordon Hayward And I get it He's not scoring But neither was Terry Rozier coming off the bench Is not scoring either You know what I'm saying Terry Rozier had to take a step back Because last year In the playoffs He was starting this yeah, but the problem with the problem with some of these players too, like a Rozier, is that they start reading their press clippings. Like Terry Rozier, you got all these goofs calling him Scary Terry, and it's like, wait a minute, he's not that good, people. As, as soon as he gets off, as soon as that jersey color is no longer that that green of Boston, we're gonna see that Terry Rozier is a serviceable guard in the NBA, and he's not this person. Oh, he's just as good as Kyrie. That's nonsense. You know what I'm saying? He had a good run. The Celtics last season were a team by committee. Some guys had good games at different moments. They had cool moments, but they're not this this dynamic force that people were trying to make them out to be. Kyrie Irving is a dynamic force. He deserves well, the he's respect. Not proving it right, well, he, well, he's not proving it right now and the fact that he wanted his own team, which yeah. is the fact he wanted to lead his own team, he's not leading the down 3-1 unless he's going to lead a, a miracle comeback, which is what he's trying to do. Yeah, but it's, it's hard when you got a bunch of hurt feelings on your team and guys that don't necessarily want to play with you. 
that, that's true. But then, how did that happen, though? Because of what? Because of him opening his mouth to the media all year long and talking. Yeah, but he shouldn't he, have been talking. No, actually, he opened his mouth when he started to see what I was talking about months prior to him saying something that you had players drinking their own Kool Aid and they're not that good. We got to be right. honest here. No, he has to be honest, but it's a matter of, again, talking to the media is such a detriment. And so when Marcus Morris did it, it was okay, but if Kyrie does no, it, it's wrong? No, I never said it when Marcus Morris said it. What, what, okay. what Marcus Morris did wasn't, wasn't good either. Okay, I, okay. I have a big problem with, I hate my team being in the spotlight because of drama. Mm. I hate that. I, I, I always hate that. Just play basketball. Like, leave the leave the locker room drama in the locker room. When you start talking to the media and you start opening up the gates for them to giving them an avenue to create stories, they're going to run with it and create stories. And that's what they did all year. Between Marcus Morris's comments, between Kyrie Irving's comments, you know what I'm saying? All these things start getting into the locker room, getting in people's heads. I don't think the Anthony Davis trade rumors helped either. You know what I'm saying? All of these things kind of played into factor into the season where guys are like, you know what? They're not knowing if Kyrie's going to stay, if he's going to leave. Those, all those things played into factor into where we are now, down 3-1. So I don't think any of it helped. Um, the Gordon Hayward thing, should they have kept him on the bench all season or should they have kept him to continue to rehab? Sure, but then it's a matter of how can he rehab if not knowing if his in-game action won't be viable. I'm still going by if he wasn't ready, but you know what I'm saying? When will he be ready for in-game action? You're going to continue holding him out. You need to figure out how to get him into the offense to figure out if he was going to be good. If there are games, he shows signs that he was positive that he can't play. Okay. Like it's not like it, 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 it's not like the entire season he was bad. It was just a matter of him still trying to find his confidence. So again, I'm not going to put the whole blame on um, Kyrie, and I'm going to blame everyone. It's, okay. it's everyone's fault. It's, so it's, it's at the top with with Danny Ainge, who basically gave. Brad Stevens, all these pieces. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gave him too many pieces. Then it goes down to yes. Brad Stevens for not figuring it out and figuring out a way, whether it's benching certain players and figuring out how to make it work. And then it goes back to the players themselves for not giving the effort. And them losing game, game four made me believe to myself. I'm like, I've been sitting here saying they're going to win the championship the past three years. It's one thing when you lose. I can accept losing. But when you show them no effort and no heart, mm-hmm. that's why I'm not fucking, I, I, I give up. All right, so here's my question to you. Two-part question. Um, uh, is it what the Bucks did to get to this point in a series of 3-1? Or was it more of what Boston wasn't doing? And then... Is it over? Are you willing? Are you willing to call the match? Uh, I think it's more of what the Bucks are doing. Okay. Um, because just watching them play, it's a little bit more of what they're doing and what we're not doing. Again, it's a matter of us giving give some effort. You know what I'm saying? Like we're home two games. Give show, show, show me some sense of life. Right. Last night I'm watching the game. Giannis is. I'm, I'm like, what happens to the Celtics that played him in Game One where they didn't allow him to get any easy buckets? You have you have Al. I'll never forget the play. I think it was in the second quarter. You have Al Horford and Kyrie Irving literally watching Giannis go to the basket for an easy dunk. No one stands in front of him, and I'm sitting there like, what the hell is going on? And then he had his own way. Him driving the lane. It's like he's like, you know what? You guys are gonna let me do this. I'm gonna do it. No one's drawing any contact. They're just letting him do what he wants to do. So it's a matter of. And then if they start to get people on it like if they start double teaming him then they can get off of their shooters Chris Middleton is very underrated I said it last year after we beat him 
in the series, um, the Bucks in, in round one, and he's proven like he's very underrated, right. great shooter. Then you have tall Brook Lopez shooting, like doesn't even play the paint anymore. All he does is chuck up shots. <laughs> and, and, and he makes them. Yo, I hate Brook Lopez. I can't stand that guy. I don't like nothing about Brook Lopez. You know what I'm saying? He, he was a Laker. He was in New Jersey. He never shot the ball. All of a sudden now he's a he's a three point specialist. It's like when did that happen? The fact you know, that he's so seven foot two or whatever the hell, and you play so soft, it just annoys me. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he doesn't even rebound the basketball, and he's shooting threes. Then you have Ersan Silva, mm-hmm. you have Miritich. So they have the pieces, and they're playing great basketball. They, they, they're, they're simply yeah. outplaying us. So, I, I Carl, think I, yeah. is it over? It's over. It's over. Again, it would be a miracle. I'd have to be eating my words for them to come out of this 3-1 hole. I'd really have to be eating my words. But I, I, you know, um, I, I, I used to be a firm believer, but... I took off my my biased glasses. Right. And like after after the last performance, I'm like, listen, it's over. It, the it way this series is going, though, Carl, it would not surprise me if Boston messed around and took Game Five. It just wouldn't surprise me at this point. I will say this though: Celtics win Game Five, it gets interesting because we have one more chance to go home and win yep. six. Yeah, you know. So, but it's a matter of how much intensity are they going to come out? Of, are they going to play with? You know, and, how much passion? Like, like we did beat Milwaukee one game already, so right. it's now. Are we going to be able to do it again? Is what I'm a little, I'm a little unsure about because from what I'm again I'm basing it off just like every other NBA analyst and mm-hmm. every person who goes on TV and who talks media. I'm not trying to sell my team out, but based off the facts and what we've seen, based on what you've seen, does it doesn't look like they're going to like they lost three in a row? Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say too is Paul Pierce just needs to shut his mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is my favorite player. He's my MVP. He's my GOAT. I've seen him play live. I saw his He's my favorite guy. I love Paul Pierce. But as an analyst and as a person, just stop talking. Just stop. Just please. Listen. From him talking about him being better than Dwayne Wade, from him talking about <laughs> the Celtics winning the series is over, he's, he's been doing, he's been notorious for doing this for years. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget, in, in 2010, when we faced the Lakers, we won game two, right? Mm-hmm. And he said it. He said, we're not coming back to L.A. What happened? We came back to it. He just needs to stop talking, bro. Just stop. <laughs> Please do me a favor and just stop because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in good and bad karma and, mm. you know, you reap what you sow. This is from Paul Pierce. Just, just stop talking. Let just me tell stop, you, bro. he's been reaping what he sowed since he faked that knee injury in the NBA Finals oh, over a decade ago. And you know what? It's so hard because I do my best and people know I'm so biased. I'll do anything to defend my team. But there's so many things that Paul Pierce can say that I'm just looking at him like, bro, I can't defend you no more, man. Mm-hmm. I can't. You got, I, I can't. So I think from the karma aspect of like, you know, bad jujus, just Pierce, just be quiet for the next three days. Don't say anything. Just Word. plead the fifth, please. Like, like don't so, embarrass us, please. Yeah, exactly. Just plead the fifth. And so, and, and, and we'll see what happens. So, but again, I hope they win, but the way it looks right now, it looks like it's over tomorrow night. All right. So we'll, we'll take it home. We, we're in the final stage. Stretch. Final topic of this episode has been a great episode. I'm glad I've had you on. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. We 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 kind of touched on it earlier with the whole best player in the world deal with KD and LeBron James. 
Mm-hmm. We, we, we touched on Kawhi just a little bit as well. But like, be, now that LeBron is kind of out of the equation right now, there's a big argument bubbling as to KD versus Kawhi Leonard. And I feel like people are suffering from that whole like prisoner of the moment deal where they forget about certain aspects. We saw Max Kellerman on first take talking all kinds of crazy about Kobe Bryant and Kawhi Leonard. So oh, yeah, I just watched that. Yeah. Yo, it, it was really bad. You know, I, but see, I've been listening to Max Kellerman on the radio for a very long time. Max, this is what Max does. So it didn't surprise me when he did it. He, he, he takes wild, crazy salvos at times. I feel like just to upset people, he doesn't mean what he says, just like the Tom Brady thing. But then he stands behind it because he realizes that it gets a reaction out of people. But mm-hmm. is it really an argument to be made as far as KD versus Kawhi? Is there a valid argument to be made there? Or are people just bugging right now? I think people are just living in the prison of the moment and seeing what Kawhi does. Okay. I think also people forget that Kawhi took a season off, mm-hmm. you know, and he was very well rested. Um, and we still weren't unsure of what happened with him in San Antonio. Was he really hurt? Did he just not want to play? Did he quit? There were a lot of question marks there. I think that's, to me, that's the difference maker in understanding what happened and what went wrong is, you know, what happened in San Antonio. We still don't have a clear-cut answer. There were just people saying right. Kawhi was hurt, like he was misdiagnosed. He never spoke about it, so we don't know what happened. So it's like, all right, bro, like at least like I understand you're not the mouthpiece. You're not the mouth from the south. You're not uh-huh. a, a, a guy who talks. You're just about. He's like a Bret Hart. Bret yeah. Hart was a horrible on the mic, <laughs> but he still did what he did. You get what I'm saying? That's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi doesn't talk, but he still performs. But we don't know what happened. With oh last no, year. man. He might. He might be more like like, like Dean Malenko than Bret Hart. Honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi you know, so, can't talk at all, yeah. man. No, he. You know, he, he doesn't speak, and I think that's a detriment because. I still have a question mark on last year. Yeah. Kevin Durant, we don't have a question mark on Kevin Durant. We know what Kevin Durant can do. Kevin yeah. Durant is an MVP, and people don't like using that as a staple because the MVP, they, they think it's rigged or it's not fair, but right. Kevin Durant does have an MVP. Kevin Durant does have scoring championships. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Durant is proven. Kevin Durant is, is proven. He's an NBA champ, just like Kawhi is. NBA MVP, but Kevin Durant, we know um, what he's capable of. This is Kawhi's first chance at leading a team on his own. You know what I'm saying? So yep. let's see what happens and see how he gets it. I'm not going to put Kawhi above Kevin Durant just yet because I know Kevin Durant could go easily go for 50. And look what he's doing in the series right now. Yeah. And look what he did last year in the finals. So we know what Kevin Durant can do. The question mark is still, for me, still out on Kawhi because of the fact that last year leaving the, the, the way he did on Spurs and again, he had a year off. Yep. So when some yep, when a player had a year off with the excellent player, you really didn't know what his injury was. Look what happened. And this year, he, he was doing... What did they call it? Where they take with um, uh, load management. I'm yeah, very familiar, LeBron. Yeah, yeah, load management for Kawhi year. So it's a matter of, hmm, gee, I wonder why he's playing so great having a load <laughs> management year, and he's averaging nearly 30 points a game because he was taking every other game off or wasn't playing back to backs all year. So of course hey. he didn't have a great year. So you know what it I is? I think that plays to his to, to his advantage. You know what it is too as well. I think beyond the prisoner of the moment is this whole thing that I keep crying about. I'm, I see, I feel like I'm. Becoming the angry old sports fan and I really said I would never become that guy but I feel like the fans are forcing my hand they're using calculators with basketball so often now that the counting stats overrate what the actual events on the court they see the 30 something points and the 60% shooting and now there's an argument to be made you know what I just believe as though like your resume should matter 
The on-court events should matter. You know, when they were talking about he's a finals MVP, he won a finals MVP because he defended LeBron, not because he was scoring like like 27 a game while defending LeBron James. It was it was a pseudo finals MVP for LeBron. To me, the year that they gave it to Kawhi and Iguodala, those they, they wanted to give it to LeBron, but they couldn't, so they just gave it to the dude that was guarding him. That's how yeah, I look exactly. at that. Yeah, well, it's not, well, the other thing, too, is it goes back to our original point in earlier when we discussed, you know, Kevin Durant, to some people, he's still the villain. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I speak to students all the time, you know, young, young, younger audiences, and they're the ones who grew up in this era, and they're like, well, Kevin Durant is soft. How can he do that? And I'm like, I understand why you're mad because I'm of the old school. I grew up watching you stick with your team but yeah. at the end of the day you do what's best for you you do what's best if Kevin Durant felt that was best for him to go to Golden State let so go to Golden State you, you know you, you can't be upset at the next man I think a lot of people are upset that he didn't join their team because <laughs> if, 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 that's the issue because chances are if Kevin Durant joins your team you love are it you be mad that he comes you if you if, so, you if your team had a Golden State like roster and KD came through you would be on your balcony swinging course, your t-shirt and celebrating you know so I think for the so, so, so I think for the fans who are trying to pick Kawhi and stuff mm-hmm. like that they still put the asterisk well, next to KD you know what I'm saying because of his sucker move <laughs> you know what I'm saying so that's what it was it was a sucker move I'm not gonna lie it was a sucker move you hey, know what I'm saying so call man <laughs> Look, I was on the other side of that. Like, like when everyone was upset, I, I, I said to people, you cannot be mad at a at a free agent for going where he wants to go. It's I said it's free agency, not yes. fan agency. Yes. Yes. You know, but you know, yeah, but you know what? From the mindset of the playing basketball in the yeah. park rules, or again from the old mentality. Again, I'm, I was born in '86, so all mm-hmm. my life I spent watching basketball, watching Pat Ewing, you know, um, Reggie Miller, all these guys sticking with one team. Yep, these guys would never be down. You know, would never lose. But Carl, Carl, another team. I but think, these I same think that's the mentalities that's, of people. No, you're right. This, I'm not. But put it this way: if they want to feel how they feel about KD, I'll never tell them point blank. You're wrong. But what I'm trying to say is, is that I feel as though they're being stubborn about it because oh, yeah, again like yeah. you like you mentioned just a few seconds ago if KD came to your slaughter squad if you had a Golden State S team you would be all with the action the same Absolutely. LeBron fans who who try to say it's not the same thing and I tell them all the time yes it is it doesn't it matter is, yes. it doesn't matter it that they the that thing. they lost he went and got with K- when, when he went to Miami, D-Wade was top five. Chris Bosh was top ten. And they both were in the Eastern Conference. They were you contemporaries. We didn't lose to them in the playoffs. No, no not, not even just that, though. The fact that people say, well, the Heat were like a 30-win team or whatever it was the year before. No, they weren't. They were in the playoffs the year before. They were in the playoffs the year before. But people will say because they weren't a top 72-win team. Right. And, and, and then they but, say that Kevin Durant can't lead a team because he had to join up listen. with other sports. And I said to them, but he was a finals MVP. D Wade was two years removed from a 38 and 6 season when LeBron joined. He was still in his prime. Chris Bosch was was. in his prime. Knock it off. Put it this way it's not an apples to apples comparison like verbatim, but the circumstances and the situation, the core of it, the essence of it, it's the same thing. I don't want to hear it. The problem is is LeBron started that generation Mm -hmm. of, you know what, players are going to take control, they're going to do 
what they want to do. And again, I'm used to it now. At first, I was upset. I was pissed yep. off. But now I know this is the new NBA. It is what it is. Guys are going to do what they want to do. And this is why I don't believe in buying jerseys anymore because you Lord knows who's going to be on your right. team next year. And, so, yeah. and these and so, same fans who get mad, right? When they play 2K and they make their mob player, they take their mob player, they get all the VC, boost them up as much as they can, and then they have that player go from city to city, town to town, yeah, doing the same absolutely. things they mad about in real life. Get out of absolutely. here. Absolutely. No, yeah, but but I, again, I don't, I, I'm not putting Kawhi over. I, I need to see, for some reason, I need to see more from Kawhi. And, okay. and the point you made is true as a matter of, you know, yes, he won the finals MVP, but it was because of the players surrounding him too that helped him. You're still playing with Duncan. You're still playing with Ginobili. You're still playing with um, Tony Parker. I, and the Spurs wanted redemption that year. You know, yeah. like they, they instead of lost in 2013, so they felt 2014 they had to get back to win it. So yeah. I need to see. And Kawhi was supposed to be the next guy to lead the Spurs, and it didn't work out. So for some reason, I, I believe I need to see a little bit more from Kawhi. Right. So Kawhi put him over over KD. So for the listeners, Carl is taking KD for now, and mm-hmm. I agree with him. I think Kawhi is coming. I think Kawhi now is is the solo act. He left the group. He's shining. He, I tell me, I would say this: He didn't drop the album yet. I won't call this the album, but what he did do once he broke out solo was he he dropped the fire single. He got a smash yeah. hit. This, For is, sure. this is his smash hit right here. But we right. need to see and more. We need the album. We, we 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 need the album, and he has a chance to, right. to to give us the album this year. And also, it's a matter of what he does next year. Sure. If he does, does he stay? Does he go to the Clippers? Does he go to the Lakers? You know, it's 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 a total wild card. But again, we need we know what KD can do. We've seen KD. We mm-hmm. know what he can do. Kawhi, we just need to see more. Period. All right, call this. This is fun, but I need you to do one thing for me before you leave. Identify sure. yourself to the world. I need you to identify yourself to my listeners, your social media. You kind of touched on it throughout the episode with what you do with the sports hit list, but just remind them one more time your social media and All what right. you got going on. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for having me, Definitely. Ray, for having me on the um, Great Area podcast. It was a wonderful time, and I'd love to do it again. And you can check us out the sports hit list by the fans, for the fans. You Go on Facebook, just put in the sports hit list, just give us a like. Uh, you can go and follow us on Instagram, Sports HL. You can listen to us on Suffolk Internet Radio weeknights at 7 p.m. SCCCIR.com, 7 p.m. You could go to YouTube and like us on YouTube, the sports hit list. You can go to WordPress and find our blog, the sports hit list. We're everywhere. Again, it's just by the fans, for the fans. If you want the fan perspective, just send me an inbox. If you want to be part of our show, let me know. And we're just a growing brand just for fans to talk sports. And again, shout out to my entire team. Shout out to everyone for the sports hit list brand in the community. We also have a Facebook group. If you want to come in and join, be part of the chat and just troll people in the group. Come <laughs> to the group and just have a good time just laughing at the ridiculousness that goes on in there. And, and sometimes people don't want to comment on the fan page, but you want to have an in-depth sports conversation, you go to the Facebook, um, the Sports Hitlers group. So we have a group, we have a fan page, we have a YouTube, Instagram, YouTube. Um, we have a... You guys WordPress. are everywhere. We're everywhere. Just go with the Sports <laughs> Hitlers, you find endless content from the fans. And yeah, that's it. Carl, this was real. I'm looking forward to hearing your show soon so you can really like get get it off your chest about them Celtics. Yes, my show will come out. Um, we're doing the show Thursday, so by Friday morning we'll have a show out and I'll definitely tag everyone so they can definitely listen to it. Can't wait. This was fun, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. Be good, bro. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, the road to 50 continues. This was Sucker Free NBA Talk version 3. 
Actually, it was version four because I had a solo as well. Damn, I'm doing so much sucker free. We, we keeping the energy sucker free in a gray area. I feel good now. I ran it. I talked some basketball. I had True in here with pizza. It was amazing. The road to 50 continues. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo!